got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. You got to spread joy. Welcome, everyone. I am Joe Rendacci, and this is the seventh episode in my podcast series called How to Fake It When. In each episode, we focus on important moments of our lives that we suck at and explore how you can better fake it until you make it. So, join us for a thought-provoking session of some fact, some fiction, and a little fun that looks to explore the reality and wretchedness of human interaction. Let's start the engine with a call out for this episode's sponsor. In keeping with the theme of this week's episode, which is AI, we're touting the products of our favorite technology savvy sponsor, Almost Real. They make the finest, most realistic voice generated bots capable of deep, meaningful conversation. So met on those long, lonely work trip drives, fire up an in-depth one-on-one with either their male or female versions and chat the drive away. And if your wife happens to call and hears the woman's voice and accuses you of adultery and asks if you really love her, you could smile and say, it's almost real. So let me introduce my co-host and the reason why my best friend is a bottle of Honey Jack Daniels, AI. Now, before you say to yourself, wow, this guy is really cutting edge. It's more like I'm cutting my chances of happiness in half since my AI is not artificial intelligence, but the asshole inside of me. You know that inner voice? We all have that guides us to do better and be better. Yeah, well, that's not him. He fed that voice a bunch of quaaludes and took over. So say hello, buddy. Those were doctor prescribed. Doctor who? I don't watch science fiction shows. <sighs> All right. So today we're discussing how to fake it when discussing AI, which is artificial intelligence. So let's start with the Oxford Dictionary meaning of the term, which says the theory and development of computer systems able to perform tasks that normally require human intelligence, such as visual perception, speech recognition, decision-making, and translation between languages. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. Can't you just pack up and leave? Don't tempt me. So artificial intelligence has a long history and a long journey that spans back to the early days of math. Nobody said there would be math here. Well, we have to start somewhere relevant. So around 825 BC, there was a mathematician named Muhammad Al-Khwarizmi who gave his name to what he created at the time, which was algebra. If you're asking what does this have to do with the Terminator movies, well, hang tight, because this guy also lent his name to what we now call algorithms. Ah, see? Starting to put two and two together and get how it equals when you sneeze. Facebook knows to show you ads for cold medicine. Algorithms. That's right. The data about patterns. Pretty creepy, huh? 
So, while I could rattle on other wacky scientist names and bring up more bad memories of boring classes from high school, let's jump ahead. Far ahead to 1930s. This is when the study of neurons in the brain led to the modern day mad scientists trying to figure out how to mimic that on a computer. You know, everything on computers is really by simply applying voltage to a circuit. When applied, we call that bit a one, and when there's no voltage, that's a zero. That's it. So eight bits make up a byte. B-Y-T-E. What's four bits called? Thanks for setting that up. Four bits is called a nibble. Seriously, you can't make this geek stuff up. Better make something more interesting up. If I fall asleep, you fall asleep. Look, bite this. So, by the time the 1940s and 50s rolled around, more and more universities were testing out a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behavior indistinguishable from a human. And remember, while nowadays we may all carry supercomputer phones that we use to play Candy Crush and watch cat videos, back in the 50s, it took rooms of big, expensive computers just to process simple data. Hell, we didn't even send the first text message till 1992. Do you know what was texted? Merry Christmas. You never answer my texts. Well... Stop sending emojis that I think has some weird, dirty sexual meeting. Let's get back on track. In 1956, we got the beginnings of two great futures. Elvis was unleashed on the world, and at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire, a summer workshop class coined the term artificial intelligence. The birth of AI, baby. And then things really started to rock and roll. A term called Game AI came along, and checkers and chess were the earliest forms of it. So that was your first real gaming AI stuff. But really, from chess all the way up through Space Invaders in 1978, which was the first arcade game that had difficulty levels, up to the latest matted football game that you or one of your kids have, none of that's really AI. Yeah, the games all have levels where they get harder, but it's really just programmed patterns with little ability to adopt to your playing behavior. Just like Pac-Man, if you're old enough to remember that, didn't really have the four ghosts chasing you directly. They ran on maze patterns. You were just stupid enough to run into them. So all of these enemies and all these games are called NPCs, non-player characters. Can you stop making a short story long? No one listens to podcasts over 20 minutes. Okay, point taken. Keep it relevant. How's this? Remember Winter is Coming in Game of Thrones? Well, by the 1970s and 80s, funding for AI research had dried up. A lot. Too much overpromising and underperforming. And they called it, wait for it, AI Winter. Pretty foreboding, huh? I wish I had a better soundtrack to that. But fear not. The Matrix movies and how close we're getting to that life got a big kick in the 80s and 90s with the Neural Network Revival. 
So with the growth of the internet and much cheaper storage than it was in the 50s and 60s, really large data sets led to data-driven approaches and our next big term, machine learning. So this is when Schwarzenegger does his robotic acting? Well, yes, but that's every Arnold movie. Ever hear that he has one big empty room in his house? That's where all his Academy Awards are. So, no, actual Cyberdyne killing androids yet. But we do have real learning machines now. Think something like Alexa or Siri listening to you babble at them about playing some gut-wrenching song that was playing when you first loved Dumpja in high school. And now you still keep wanting to hear it over and over and over. Alexa and Siri? They'll remember that. So will your therapist. But all these chatbots are using machine learning techniques called Natural Language Processing, or NLP for short. Alexa doesn't listen to me. Nobody does. Alright, so hang in there. One more blurb, and we'll get to the situational conversations. From the mid-2000s up until now, we've got deep learning, which is a subcategory of machine learning which is basically machine learning on steroids, going back to the Arnold reference. This uses CNN. No, not the cable news network. That's deep crap that never takes the banner of breaking news off their screen. The only breaking news that's on CNN now is when they aren't saying breaking news six times an hour. The CNN I'm talking about is convolutional neural networks. Big term but it's just machines learning to mimic the learning process of the human brain, right? Neurons. And it led to significant advancements in computer vision, natural language processing, and speech recognition. Right back to Siri and Alexa. But yikes, that was a lot. So let's try it with an example. Deep learning is different from regular machine learning. How? Well, I joked about cat videos, so let's use that. In an example, we'd have to write code for the machine learning system to understand what a cat is. With deep learning, you just supply the neuron algorithms tons of cat images, and the system will automatically learn the different features that represent a cat. Seriously, feed them about 10,000 pictures, and they'll tell you every type of cat. And that's it. So... AI is built on ML and DL. So, screw Elon Musk. You're now ready to lift off to space on your own rocket of knowledge. Are we there yet? Yes, we are. And that was a lot. So, the way a car needs oil to run and a computer needs energy to continue working, so does my thirsty body. Ah, there we go. God bless Jack. Honey? You know it, sweetie. So, let's get to our first conversation. And let's make it in the workplace. Those are always really contentiously fun. Let's have Dan walk into his work cafeteria to grab an energy bar. Dan's had a bad week. His wife, Barbara, invited her 87-year-old mother over to babysit since it's vacation time. The only problem is Barbara's going on vacation with a girlfriend who has a suspiciously deep voice over the phone. But Dan smiles, 
wishes her a good time. His teenage kids really don't want to talk to him unless he books time on their calendar. But Dan takes it all in stride and looks forward to talking to them a week from Tuesday. He arrives to work in the rental car that his mechanic lent him, which is a 1977 lime green AMC Gremlin. He doesn't even mind having to manually roll down the windows, but the only music he can play on it is the A-track of Burt Bacharach singing Yugoslavian love ballads. Still, Dan endures on. I don't think I can endure any more of this. Chill out. Here, drink this. Good, huh? So, Dan buys his energy bar out of the vending machine and is about to slip out of the cafeteria when Gilbert, the Lord of the Geek Nerds, blocks the route out. Now, while Gilbert is your typical annoying tech head, he's also about a foot taller and 100 pounds heavier than Dan, making face-to-face -face showdowns a bit intimidating. So, Gilbert looks down at the energy bar and sneers at Dan. He wanted it. But he got caught up in telling the nerd herd of programmers standing next to him about the latest operating system update on his MacBook Pro. Something about hidden naked emojis. What can I tell you? They're geeks. So, Gilbert's mad, and a bit of an ass even when he's not mad. And he's looking to mock Dan in front of the whole no-bod squad. So, Dan, nice lemon of a car out there took the space in two spots when you parked it. Maybe you need an autonomous one so you could hide your face under the seat. Or am I wrong, Dan? Now, Dan could fake a heart attack or something so he doesn't have to face this barrage of insults. But, luckily, he knew he was handed a car with more recalls than Charlie Sheen's toupee. So he knew he had to be prepared for someone talking smack about it. So... Dan utilized tip number one. Be proactive, not reactive. So, Dan's not stupid. He knew this abomination of a vehicle was going to be a problem. So, figuring Gilbert would be the one that had something to say, Dan purposely parked next to his car and took the two spots up. And since Gilbert's a giant geek in height and brain, Dan figured he'd make an egghead comment about it which he wound up doing. So, Dan Googled smart vehicles and tells Gilbert that AI and machine language are used for object detection algorithms in autonomous self-driving cars. So, while they collect and analyze object data on the road and make pretty damn accurate decisions like accelerating, braking, and turning, they still aren't smart enough to know why his mother spent most of her high school years in the backseat of a lot of cars. When the Geek Squad starts laughing, Dan runs around, or under Gilbert's legs, and heads for the lime green gremlin like the day is over. Because like the song goes, it's five o'clock somewhere. So, mother jokes and run, forest run? That's your advice? Yeah, screw him. He never liked me. Uh, Dan, anyway. Moving right along to scenario two. Wait, let me do this one. What? Are you crazy? It's using AI, right? It's right in my zone. Your zone? Your zone is my towway zone. When I'm somewhere I shouldn't be, get me the hell out of there. Please. <sighs> Fine. Go ahead. Okay, good. 
Expect this about a guy named Joe. Really? Really. He's old, annoying, an all-around loser. You better be going somewhere with this. Of course. Joe can't find a date. He's been on all the dating apps, app bars, church functions, and still can't meet a nice girl. He's really got no reason to go on. And? The end. What? No, not the end. You're suspended for the rest of the show. Beat it. Now I have to clean this mess up. Okay, so let's keep this obviously fake scenario going. This guy, Joe, does get a blind date with, let's call her Karen. And when he meets her at the bar, the first thing she does is walk in and slaps his face. She tells Joe that she did a search on his name and saw a video of him talking crap about puppies and kittens and little bunnies. She's a vet and was pretty furious. As Karen sticks her phone in Joe's face with the video playing, Joe squints at it and he smiles. Then Karen smacks him again for that smile. But Joe steps back and tells her he has been a victim of a deep fake. Karen's confused, of course, but Joe explains that deep fakes, aka using a type of AI called deep learning, creates images, audios, and videos of fake events using real video. That there's plenty of examples on the web using Tobey Maguire, Tom Cruise, and plenty of other celebrities. And that there's various techniques like analyzing facial and body movements, examining any inconsistencies in the lighting and shadows, and searching for anomalies in the manipulated content. Then Karen slaps Joe one last time for using big geeky words. But she gets the point and cracks a little bit of a smile. And they live happily ever after. That's not how that date ended at all. Shut up. She said she's busy. So, tip two. Keep an eye on all your social media and lock it down to just people you know. Because if you leave it too much open to the public, the public will look to shut you down. And tip three is never, 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 never give airtime to a cranky inner curmudgeon. Hey. And that's the end of our seventh session. So, by applying these useful tips with a little time, effort, and practice, you'll never feel cornered or not in control of any conversation again. Uh, no thanks to my AI today. Making that deep fake of you was a lot of work. And thank you, my listeners, for sharing your time with us on our seventh podcast. Please follow us and spread the word that no matter how crappy your day is going, no matter how much you'd like to run screaming from a nerd herd using way too many hundred dollar words, relief in the form of a little bit of fact, fiction, and fun is only a click away. Later all.